start to figure out the value of this. This is Freeform Jam Tram. Two in one year. How's it going, everyone? I'm just as... <laughs> I'm just as surprised as all of you that I was able to pull off two of these in uh, less than uh, 52 weeks. Uh, much less. Two weeks. But... I'm I'm realizing I'm realizing the value in these uh these recordings. And that is that I don't have to write so much. And god damn, I have a lot to write. Uh otherwise uh, for professional reasons. And so there's like at least three or four things I'm supposed to be writing for the Riff and Rock website I have not done yet. Some of them I haven't even started yet. So, this is a great way to buy some time. I've only written one concert review for the website. Been to more than that many concerts, but I only have written one concert review. Partly because for me, it's just it's hard to write about them. It, sometimes it's like, well, it it's just because there's nothing that's striking. It's well, they played the songs and they walked off stage, and it was very enjoyable and I had a great time. Uh, I wrote about the King Crimson one back in 2014, just because it was such uh, a mind fuck, for lack of better expression. That and. At the time, we were doing all that King Crimson coverage for Riff and Rock, so it just it seemed appropriate. But I, so I guess in a similar vein, I, I got to see Robert Fripp again uh, two days ago on Friday, June third, at the First Unitarian Society of Madison, and it was Robert Fripp and his Chamber Orchestra of gra- Crafty Guitarists. And I just I need to process out process this out loud with all of you maybe you can all help me break down what i am considering one of the best concerts i've been to but also one of the most confusing and experimental concerts i've ever been to now i don't know a lot about the orchestra of crafty guitarists that's not something i'm really well versed in i i've heard one of the albums i think like electric boogie electric boogaloo intergalactic boogaloo something to that extent but beyond that i'm not really in the know about them i've seen a couple recordings you know i have read some of fripp's diaries when he was doing the clinics and it seemed always then very peculiar sometimes it was really hard to read uh his journal entries because they were so dense and very aloof and almost philosophical in the sense and he was really re-contemplating what it meant to play the guitar and play music and when you're reading about it sort of objectively at a distance, it's really hard to process what he's trying to get at. You're just kind of like, all right, sure, whatever, you know, the glory of silence and play a note and blah, 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 blah. And when you read it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's partly why I need to talk about it. So I go to this concert. Uh, and first of all, when I saw King Crimson, you know, big concert hall, um, and I've heard some of the other venues were actually bigger. I saw them in Madison, King Crimson. And that was one of the smaller venues is my understanding from the tour. But so now I'm in this little church communion area where you would do your your mass. I don't know much about Unitarians. So my apologies to all of you. I don't know what you call it, if you call it a mass or a service or what. But so we're in this area and we have the semicircle of chairs. Maybe 200 people could fit in their max. And there's a little balcony with about another 10, 15 chairs. And again maybe 200 people total are fitting in this venue maybe about 100 are in there total for the show 
I probably am overestimating both those numbers, but it's it's a small gig. It's a very small, intimate gig. And I don't know why you wouldn't go. Just to be like 10 feet from Robert Fripp. And hell, I was a foot away from him. He walked by me a couple times. I mean, I could have leaned to the left or leaned to the right a little bit. I would have actually bumped into him, but that man was in his zone. I would not want to mess with him. So we're in this semicircle of chairs. You know, I'm chatting it up with some people. We're having a good conversation, kind of getting excited. No beverages, no concessions. It's a pretty empty vibe going on. And all of a sudden, you start hearing from a distance this sort of, it's almost like a synthesizer, like one key being pressed. And I don't know if there was, there were some speakers set up, there were some microphones set up, some cam. I think there was a camera, so I think they were recording it. I don't know if they had any, uh, overdub pre-record stuff that they put in piped in to make it sound a little bit bigger but it just sounded like one harmonious note as the 30 i think 30 or 31 guitarists slowly strolled into the this area and they come in and they i think if i remember they sort of form this circle around us and they're all just kind of playing one or two notes very overwhelming it's a huge sensory experience and pretty shortly after that, they start breaking off into what seem what I figure is they're gonna start breaking off into different little groups and playing different songs. And you know that would be the show is that you know not always all thirty guitars. You know sometimes you have five of these guys, ten of these guys. Oh wait, I had to take a step back. I I don't even, I didn't even properly set the stage here. So even before. The show starts before even they go. They uh, the show starts. I think it was five or six people come out, and they stand in a they they walk out. They stand in a circle, face each other. Then they turn around, and one by one, in different languages, they ask you to turn off your cell phone, not to record the concert, to just be in the moment. And so I think it was in Spanish, French, uh, Italian. Japanese, English, and then there's one I didn't recognize. Maybe it was an uh, Eastern European or maybe it was Portuguese. I didn't quite catch it. Uh, but so they all, and one by one, they, they walk around in a circle around each other. You know, hey, don't, don't record, don't film, turn the phones off, so on and so forth. And then once each of them have done it independently, they just start walking around each other, all saying it at once. And like it, it's so chaotic in there, but it sets this up. So fast forward, group comes in, they're playing their guitars, sounds beautiful. They're these shallow body acoustic guitars, don't know much about them. A couple people have some slight variations or slightly different guitars, but the majority of them are almost all have the same guitar, which is pretty cool in itself too, where there's this uniformity. So they all enter the space and I kind of assume, like I said, people are going to start playing, you know, a little, some people play one song some people play another song no nothing like that at all uh what happens is that they all start just playing they start improvising now if you are a fan of king crimson or you're a fan of any other band that does some improv some jamming you kind of know that usually there's some sort of groove some sort of pocket that we're working with you know and that's what we're building off of it no nothing like that it is pandemonium 30 guitarists wandering around the space playing different things. But what you get 
is then you see this thing where three, four, maybe ten guitarists or two guitars, they start getting together and they start playing parts together. And so some little performances are occurring at different times in different spaces in the room. And they're using, they're moving around, they're using the physical space. And that's what makes a concert so fascinating. It's really hard to describe the sound because it was pretty chaotic, it was pretty noisy. But they are using the space to create this unique experience. It's not just we're watching 30 musicians on a stage playing kind of finding their way around and making a piece. No, they're all moving. They're all moving. So all of a sudden you will hear um, four guitars whiz by you playing a hectic, almost like wasps hopped up on cocaine kind of vibe. And they just rush past you. And they're running around. They're jumping. They're making noises. They're hitting their guitars. Uh, there were grates in the floors. And then for a period, three or four of the guitars were going around uh hitting the grates with their guitar picks and each of them would go around and play each grate. It it's so weird. And Fripp is just sitting in the back, just watching, enjoying. And at different points, different guitarists kind of exit or re-enter these performance spaces. Uh they're not all playing at once. So I think there's this emphasis on if you don't want to play, you don't have to play. There's no requirement that you have to play all the time so there's times where some guitars are like well i'm gonna take a step back watch this happen and there's some guitars that are just doing it playing constantly constantly playing and sometimes things get really frantic sometimes things are mellowing and eventually after i would say like 10 minutes of this very uh suffocating experience but extremely thought-provoking and emotion emotionally provoking performance where, you know, I would lock on to something, I would lock on to some guitarists playing, and then someone would come by me and they would be like jumping up and down or like jumping across the this performance area, or you can hear them behind you playing very aggressively. And after about, I think, 10, 15 minutes of that, they kind of reform, and a bunch of them are in the middle, and they play a song and it, they do play i think they played about seven eight songs throughout the performance and they were all beautiful songs they're they, they have this huge variety of interlocking guitars and the sound that these hollow body or shallow body guitars make is has this very haunting vibe and everything is just sort of feels tightly wound like it's at the breaking point it's a lot to take in it's very overwhelming. These structured songs are amazing. They sound great. They're well rehearsed. But again, they're not just lining up and playing for you. They are standing in weird formations. They're moving around. So the sound isn't consistent. Within the space, the sound is shifting constantly. And after about, I think they played about two songs, diff two different little groups came up and played two songs. They were turned back to another improvisational piece. But the improvisational pieces there it's so hard to describe because it's not just like one big movement it's just wave after wave and these waves are crashing into each other and these or almost like you could call them like concentric circles are just sometimes they're overlapping sometimes they're not and you would see the guitarists 
Like, let's say you had two groups of five guitarists, and you'd see one guitarist come in, he'd start playing with one group of five, and then some of those group of five would go, oh, that per- what that person's doing is interesting. I want to go do that instead. And they would just leave and go do something else, or they would go just do their own thing. And maybe someone would see what that thing you were doing, and they go, oh, that's really interesting. I want to do that. I really want to do that. And they would go follow. Even at the point where... I think it was like six or seven of the guitarists left. They just wandered out of the space, this little communion area. And all of a sudden, we hear them again. And they're on the balcony just going going ballistic. And uh, eventually, the, the improvisation stops. I don't know what else to call it. It's not really an improvisation. It's just this uh, free space where they're expressing themselves however they want and they're redefining the concert and i'll get to that in a bit so then the people on the balcony play a focus song and then they come together they play red for the diehard who's just (laughs) yearning and begging for a regular song yeah they do play red so no panicking um, eventually Fripp, did, Fripp played red with them Fripp wandered around and so that's what I was saying Fripp's wandering around I think during one or two of the improvs he's playing not a lot just a little bit I think he's just sort of more as a guidance rather than much of a performer or I don't know if in these performances he has to kind of be struck or moved to want to come and play with them but he really practices this art of silence which is really cool as much as the performance, the the music itself is very engaging, very interesting. There's also this amazement that some of the performers know to have this resistance and this restraint to not keep playing and to leave emptiness and leave silence when it warrants it. And so the show ends. I'm giving you a really brief rundown. I think it was about an hour and a half, two hour performance time flies by the the show ends and they did this a couple times throughout the show but it ends where they're in a circle and they do this thing where each one of them plays a note but then after the other one so they kind of make this circle of noise and since you're sitting where you are there's a bunch of guitars behind you and so you hear the sound behind you and it comes around in front and back and around and back and Fripp is in the middle at this point and he's making some comment like uh, the world is not pure or fit for us. Whiz until I think he was calling it whizzing, which is kind of funny when I say it out loud. It, it, you know, whiz until the world is pure again or the world is fit. I think that was it was fit. And then we're doing it faster and faster and faster. This circle thing. He goes, well, make it fit for our children. Faster, 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 faster. And then you know, reverse the circle, then forward, backward, forward, backward. Um. And and the when the show. That was the encore. Uh, I'm jumping around a little bit because I'm just trying to remember things as they happened. Um, or as I remember them. Uh, before they did the encore, they did the same thing. Like when they came in, they just kind of walk out. And it's like just playing one cons- one note over and over and over again. It just sounds like just like a like a like someone holding down the note on a synthesizer. And it's just one pure note as they walk out. It's a beautiful sound. Um... And when they played their other songs, again, they weren't just standing on stage performing. They were moving around. They were standing in odd formats. and Or they were, one song, they were all just walking in circles in this larger state, this larger space. When we're sitting in the semicircle, there's this large space in the middle, and that's primarily where they are. And But because they're moving, 
you're not catching the same thing over and over again. You're catching this part at one moment, then this part, and then you hear this person. Maybe this guitarist is just a hair out of tune and you hear them. And that's why I said this performance for me, this concert, I don't even know what you want to call it. For me, it reinvented the notion of what a concert or a performance can be. I'm reminded a lot of the Japanese group Boredoms, and in their later formats, they've just been having 10, 15, 100 drummers playing, and it's just, very, it's just this redefinition of what it means to have a concert. Now, for those of you who are classically minded, the idea of having 70, 80 performers on stage is not outlandish, so 30 is not that big of a deal either, but... In any of those performances, the instruments stay put. So like a couple weeks ago when I went to the At the, the, At the Drive-In show, the sound doesn't change that much. The mix doesn't change that much. You know, they're, they're going to tweak things. But it's coming at me from the front at all times. It's not like the drummer is on a cart and it's moving around. So sometimes the drummer sounds far away and then sometimes he sounds close and the singer is singing here and there and everywhere. And that's what makes this concert so thought-provoking and just so engaging and special. And it's so special in a way that... Um, or it's special because you will never appreciate it if you just listen to the audio recording. No matter how advanced the surround sound technology is, it's not going to work the same way because the sound wasn't consistent. The performance wasn't consistent as in it's not always, I'm not just watching a bunch of guitar players in front of me play to my face. They're moving around. This is even about how it was improvised and each improvisation is different, but it's about how the sound transfers in this. It was a very nice space and it had a great acoustics. It sounded great, but they're moving around. And so sometimes it, it stops barraging at you from the left, from the right. You hear it from behind. And because of how hectic it is, you kind of had this cocktail party effect where all of a sudden you hone in on, well, I hear that, I hear that section. Well, I hear that. It's not even I hear that section of guitarists. I hear that one. I hear the, the older gentleman with the receding hairline. Uh, I hear his guitar. Well, now I see the young... 20-something lady next to him playing her guitar. Well, now I see the, the man who spoke in German, or, and I see and hear him play, and I'm fixated on it. Now I'm trying to dissect, okay, what are they doing, what are they doing? But then immediately I'm interrupted because the, the man who spoke Japanese comes by, followed by two other women guitarists, and they're playing something totally different and so off from what the other thing was playing, and I'm like, oh man, now I want to know what they're doing, but now I want to know what they're doing. And then all, and Oh, Robert Fripp just walked by me. Holy shit. Or I'm wondering, going, well, where the fuck is Robert Fripp? And I just see him sort of ominously looking in the back, just like, watch my science project in motion. Ah, I'm really bummed that this was a only a, I think it was only a four-show tour, maybe a five-show tour. I'm really bummed that it was only a few shows because this is an experience a lot of people should have. Not because you're going to necessarily love it or enjoy it. It was very experimental. It was very strange. And there are moments where they were howling and yipping and acting very bizarre, lack of a better term. And I think if you're not fully buying into it, it can be a little off-putting. It can feel 
silly is not the right word, but it can feel a little alien, foreign. It can feel just like you don't, you're not getting it. But with that said, why I think this is valuable for everybody, especially just big time concert goers, is because you get this different idea of what the performance can be. The performance doesn't have to be the band sitting in front of you, playing in front of you like that. The instruments can be all over the stage. They don't have to be stationary. Now, I understand that's difficult to do when we're plugged into amplifiers and we have these pedal rigs and so on and so forth. It's not like King Crimson could have some sort of wild arrangement where some of the drummers are behind the audience and Robert Fripp is hanging from the rafters upside down on the catwalk. But it proposes some uh, thought-provoking notions of what the concert can be and what are some ways to change it. Now, when I think of that for contemporary rock and roll, I'm not sure I have a concise answer or a solid answer as to what that's going to be. I don't know if that means challenging bands to do some rearrangement or conversely, challenging venues to change their sound setup to have instead of having this big wad of speakers facing you and assaulting your face head on, rearranging the sound so that there's sound coming from various points because it engages you in a different way when it happens because you're not just perceiving the sound and the visuals from one angle you're not just it's not like a movie that you're fixated on this is like if you were watching any dumb let's say like any dumb michael bay transformers ninja turtles whatever action disaster film but parts of the screen were on the left and on the right and behind you and they were all played out of order and you're trying to perceive what's going on, but, oh, there's a flash, there's a flash, there's a bit, there's a bat. What's going it, It's so all over the place. But when you are in that space, and it is unsettling, but it's thought-provoking. And so when I walked out of the concert, I was so blown away by never realizing this is what a concert could be and what a musical performance could be. Not even like, uh, a state a theater a, the, a theatric performance of like a Broadway musical they still won't do anything like this so thanks Fripp uh, second time I've seen you uh, both times have been amazing once just cementing the pinnacle of a traditional rock concert quote-unquote traditional rock concert and then this concert showing me how beyond that we can go and I'm just so impressed and amazed to hear and see what else you're doing besides King Crimson. It gives me a load of respect for you because you are clearly on some other dimension. 70 years old, you are still flying somewhere outside of outer space that we have not figured out yet. So cheers to you. Uh, thanks for getting really close to me. Uh, I kept my distance. I didn't want to touch you. I didn't want to be weird. But I, I've... I've uh, fulfilled a life goal there because I don't think I'll ever be able to say hi to you. <laughs> All right. New episode coming of uh, Music Talk at some point. That's all.